You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome once again to the Majestic Mystery Hour, brought to you each week by Majestic Motor Oil. Majestic, the king of motor oils. Cars purr for it. When you change the oil in that tin Lizzie or Fliver or in that brand new V8, Remember to give your engine the protection it needs and use the best majestic motor oil and a genuine majestic oil filter. Cars purr for it. I need some oil. (laughs) And now on to tonight's offering, a tale of intrigue, suspense, and nursery rhymes. In a small village somewhere near the eastern border of Ruritania, the name of which may be Graustark or perhaps, no, let's stick with Graustark, the peasants are dancing in the streets, the women's gaily gaily colored skirts flying, the men's traditional oversized brindle pantaloons bobbing up and down to the gay strains of the three-strings kakapuchka, Could they be celebrating the awakening of Snow White from the spell cast on her by the evil Grotchka, the witch king, queen, king? Or could they merely be welcoming the first fairies of spring? We may never know, because our story tonight, The Maltese Omelette, a fast-paced tale with overtones of Dashiell Hammett and Mother Goose, opens far from Graustark in a small office in a grubby downtown building in San Francisco. The sign on the door reads, Spud and Dumpty, private eyes, no case, too vague. (laughs) Effie, the office secretary, is just hanging up the phone when Sam Spud walks into the office. Sam. Hi, Effie doll. Who was that on the phone? Mrs. Dumpty. Oh. Did you tell her Humpty wasn't in? She wanted to talk to you, Sam. Well, if she calls back, don't tell her I'm in. I've got enough troubles right now. There is a woman here to see you, but she couldn't wait. She said she'd be back. Do I want to see her? Oh, yes. You'll want to see her. She's a real looker. Well, then shoo her right in, my Effie, my darling. I have to go into my office and type up my report on the cock-robin caper now, but don't wait. When she returns, just shoo her right in. Let's see. Miss Muffet is here to see you, Sam. Shoo her in, sweetheart. Shoo her in. Mr. Spud, 
I need your help. That's what we're here for, lady. Tell me all about it. It's my sister, Mr. Spud. She's run away. Run away? Yes. We live with our parents in a small tuffet in Gotham. My little sister was always rather wild, Mr. Spud. You have to understand. She was going out with this gangster who called himself the Spider. He used to take her to a Kurds and Whey joint down on the south side. Our father didn't approve. What father would? Yes, well, she ran off. She's been gone for two weeks. We got a postcard from her a few days ago. She's here in San Francisco. With this spider character? No, you've got to understand. Mr. Spud, my sister's beautiful but naive. Inexperienced in the ways of the world. She ran off with a gigolo. A fancy ballroom dancer named Lloyd Thursday. Everyone called him the Spoon. I see. So this dish ran away with the spoon. Oh, Mr. Spud. Sam, you've got to help me. You're good, kid. You're real good. Just what is it you want me to do? Hello, Sam. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't know you had company. Come in, Humpty. This is a customer. Miss Muffet, let me introduce my partner, Humpty Dumpty. Miss Muffet? <laughs> it's a pleasure, a real pleasure. You know, uh, you're a looker, Miss Muffet. You know that? Mr. Dumpty. Oh, call me Humpty. Humpty, then. Is that a tie or a belt you're wearing? How's that? Is that a cravat or a cummerbund, Mr. Dumpty? Humpty, please. Call me Humpty. It's, it's a nickname. Oh. I certainly hope you gentlemen can help me. I'll help you myself, Miss Muffet. What's your problem? Her sister's gone missing. Hmm, I see. You want us to find your sister? That's right, Mr. Dumpty. Call me Humpty! All right, Humpty. Humpty, Humpty. My sister's a headstrong girl. She's with a fellow who calls himself the Spoon. He's going to meet me later to tell me his price for returning my sister, Mr. Dumpty, Humpty. I'm afraid. For my sister, I mean. I get it. I'll take care of this myself, Sam. You want me to meet this spoon character, Miss Muffet? I want you to follow him when he leaves me. I want you to find out where my sister is. But be careful. I don't trust him. That's my middle name, Miss Muffet. Humpty. Careful. Dumpty. Let's go talk about it, my dear. So long, Sam. I'll uh, see you later. Sure you will. Over drinks. Over drinks. Of course. I guess I'll go home too, Effie. You close up and get out of here. Sure thing, Sam. It is the middle of a quiet night here in San Francisco. Sam Spud lies asleep in his trundle bed. Visions of sugar plums dance in his head. They're not just for Christmas anymore. Perhaps he dreams of the lovely Miss Muffet, but his sleep is not to last.
Don't you know it's four in the morning? And don't say no, but hum a few bars and I'll fake it. What's that? Dumpty. How is he? Dead. Where? Okay, I'll be right over. Well, here he is. Hello, Spud. Sergeant Jack Spratt of the San Francisco Police Department as I live and breathe. Hello, Spratt. How's the wife? Ah, uh, you know how it is. She still has no appetite. She wants me to quit the force, live off the fat of the land, she says. But I eat no fat. The missus eats no lean. It's a problem. <laughs> you want to see your partner? What happened? See that wall? He's on the other side. Maybe he fell and maybe he was pushed. It doesn't matter, because there's a bullet through his big end. We haven't moved him yet. Why? What are you waiting for? You know, Sam, the, the king's horses and the king's men. We got to go by the book in a case like this. Listen, Inspector Pumpkin wants to talk to you about this. I'll talk to you, Spratt, but you keep that Peter, Peter, Pumpkin person away from me. I won't talk to him. He's always riding me. You know I can't stand that. Ah, come on, Sam. He's not himself these days. You know, he's got a problem with his wife. She still hasn't come out of her shell. Yeah? Well, we all got problems. Ah, come on. Play nice with him, Sam. Here he comes. Spud! Spud! I want to talk to you! Yeah? What can I do for you, Pumpkin? Inspector Pumpkin! To you, Spud. Your partner just got himself killed! Don't you want to help us clear it up? He was a good egg, Sam. Yeah. And now look at him. He thought he was hard-boiled, but he was soft all the way through. And now he's been scrambled. What was he doing out here this time of night, Sam? Was he on a case? <sighs> Mr. Spud, to you, Inspector Pumpkin. Yeah, he was working. He was tailing a fellow called Thursday. Lloyd Thursday calls himself the Spoon. Now that's interesting. That's very interesting. Tailing the Spoon, eh? Who was the client? You know I can't give you that. But he was your partner, Sam. Come on, Sam. Fork it over. Yeah? It's my business, and I'll take care of it my way. Well, it's police business now. We'll be in touch with you. Don't get yourself mashed, Spud, and don't bother going to look for the Spoon character, neither. Yeah, Inspector Pumpkin, and why is that? Because we found him already, half an hour ago. Someone put two bullets into his ticker in front of his hotel. Yeah, Sam, the Spoon got wiped. <laughs> so it wasn't the Spoon cracked Dumpty's shell. Well, somebody did. And somebody's going to answer for it. Ah, what the heck, Sam? You never liked it much anyway. And I hear that you and Mrs. Dumpty. Easy, Inspector. Fairy tales, Pumpkin. Fairy tales. Don't believe everything you read in Mother Goose. You mean you and Mrs. Dumpty? It doesn't matter one way or the other. And it don't matter I didn't much like the cheap, chiseling son of a hen. He may have been cracked, but like you said, he was my partner. And it counts for something. And so ends act one of our tasty little melodrama. Sam is without a partner. All the king's horses and all the king's men did their bit, but it didn't help. The yoke was on them. 
And now a special treat for all of us. I have here standing by me at the mic. Any second now. The stars of tonight's performance appearing as Sam Spud here by special <coughs> arrangement with Gold Rush Studios and the California Department of Corrections. <laughs> that matinee idol, star of stage and screen, handsome Harry Dismal. Howdy, folks. And appearing as Miss Muffet, Mr. Dismal's wife, the lovely and egregious, multi-talented movie picture star, Belle Danielle. It is such a pleasure, an absolute pleasure, to be performing for you people out there. <laughs> Especially all the men who are my biggest fans. I wish I could reach out and caress every one of you <laughs> with my voice, of course. That's, that's my wife. <laughs> Belle. I understand that you've just returned from England where you wrapped up shooting a historical biopic. Oh, yes. Elizabeth and Sussex, the story of a queen's love for a small Midland county. <laughs> there are rumors that you had so many love affairs during the making of the picture that they were thinking of renaming it Elizabeth and Sussex, Essex, Cambridge, Surrey, and Points West. Hey. Uh, rumors. <laughs> Nothing but rumors. A tempest in a teaspot. A lot of women, a lot of men, fall in love with my wife. Just like a lot of women fall in love with me. It's just the burden of being a movie star. Must be awful. It is a terrible load, but Belle and I carry on. You do it for your fans? No, for the money. <laughs> I do it for love. Thank you, thank you both for that insight into the tinsel and glamour of Hollywood. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Our pleasure. <laughs> well, have you tried it yet? If not, why not? Majestic Motor Oil. Make your car happy. Keep your car happy. Fill your car's crankcase with majestic motor oil. And for those special occasions, add a little vermouth. Majestic motor oil. Cars purr for it. <laughs> and now, on to act two of our tingling, tantalizing tale of tempestuous terpsichore. Ah, the peasant girls of Graustark, with their bindles flying, as with wild abandon, they dance the kapochka, giving the boys an occasional glimpse of a shapely termed grotchki. <laughs> but that's a story for another time. We return now to the case of the Maltese omelette. Sam Spud has cracked tougher cases than this, but this is his own partner who got poached, scrambled, fried, whatever. <laughs> Morning finds them, Sam, returning to his office. Morning, Effie. Oh, Sam, I've heard about Humpty. What an awful thing. Are you all right? Fine, doll. I'm just fine. Have you heard anything from the widow, Dumpty? 
She called first thing she blames herself. How's that? She says that it's her fault that you must have killed him yourself so that you could be with her. Oh, Sam, you didn't, did you? Women. No, Effie, I didn't kill him. And if I had knocked him off that wall, it wouldn't have been for a dame. And if I'd done it for a dame, it wouldn't have been her. <laughs> you look tired, Sam. Maybe you shouldn't have come in today. Yeah, well, there's a lot to do. Gotta scrape Dumpty's name off the door and window. Gotta clean out his desk and send his stuff over to the widow. You got a carton, Effie? A carton? Got an egg carton. It'll do. <laughs> Excuse me, miss? This is the office of Spud and Dumpty, perhaps? Yes, sir, it is. My name is Porgy. Georgie Porgy. <laughs> I seek an audience with Mr. Spud. I'm Spud. Ah, yes. I should have realized. I must speak with you on a matter of some importance and delicacy. Well, come on into my office. Now, what can I do for you? Uh, first, permit me to say, cigarette, Mr. Spud? No? Perhaps you won't mind if I... Uh, first, let me say that I was sorry to hear of your partner's untimely demise. He had a reputation as such a hard-boiled egg. Too bad he died a broken man. Say, what's in that cigarette you're smoking? It don't smell like tobacco. Creme de mop. I should have guessed. Try one? I think I'll pass. Very well. On to business. You and your partner, you were close. How do you mean that? He confided in you, you had no secrets from each other. No, that is, no professional secrets. You perhaps worked on our cases together. Yeah, yeah, no professional secrets. You perhaps met his client. You are aware of the object of the investigation he was engaged in when he uh, met his great fall? Say, Porgy, you should know I can't discuss my clients with you. Yes, yes, how silly. <laughs> then let us leave the young lady out of it, uh, totally out of the conversation, totally. Let us just say, Mr. Spud, that I would like to employ your services in a <laughs> totally unrelated matter, of course. Totally. What matter is that? I will pay you well to locate a certain object for me. What object? Oh, come. Let us not beat around the bush, Mr. Spud. Let us just say that a bird in the hand could be worth $5,000. A bird? The bird, Mr. Spud. The bird. And if you don't understand my reference, then perhaps I am wasting both of our time. Excuse me for interrupting. I'm gonna go to lunch now, Sam. Fine, Effie, fine. See you in an hour? Sure. All right now, Porgy. Let's try to reach an understanding. Say, just sit what? right there, Mr. Spud. 
Don't make any sudden moves. Keep your hands on the desk where I can see them. What's that you're holding? A pie, Mr. <laughs> a lemon cream pie with a double-rich filling and two layers of whipped cream in a nine-inch graham cracker crust. I'm not fooling around. <laughs> this pie is loaded. Sure. Sure, Georgie Porgy. Don't get your pudding in an uproar. What's this all about? I intend to search your office, Mr. Spud. The bird is here. I shall find it. Now, can I step aside? There. That restores the natural order of the universe. Now, you just lie there, Porgy. I'll take that pie. That was most unkind, Mr. Spud. <laughs> Ah, the plot thickens like peas porridge hot. Peas porridge cold. Peas porridge, ah, but never mind that now. The door to Spud's office opens. A large man stands in the doorway. Did I say large? I meant massive. Though not that tall, he is larger than life in every dimension. His suit could have been styled by a hippopotamus, and it fit him well. His shoes could have been lived in by a family of cats. His perfectly round head protrudes with no visible neck from the collar of his jacket and makes the rest of his body look petite. He speaks. What's this all about? Porgy, get up off the floor and you look ridiculous. Who are you? Ah, you must be Mr. Spud. It is a privilege too. May I ask an honor to meet a man of your repute? As for myself, I am Wee Willy Winky, at your service. Wee? Ah, uh, yes. An attempt at jollity on the part of my uh, compatriots. <laughs> As you can see, I am uh, anything but wee. But I have not come here to discuss my um, girth. There is an object in your possession, or at least I am sure that you are acquainted with its whereabouts, and I am interested in obtaining it. I'm sure that Georgie here has told you about it. Georgie, get up. It is most unbecoming of you to spend the afternoon on the floor. It wasn't my idea. This man has no respect for the power of a pie. Ah, I see. <laughs> Up to your old tricks again. Porgy will sometimes get ideas of grandeur, Mr. Spud, and attempt things for which he is uh, constitutionally incapable. Kissing the girls is about his limit. He seems to get some perverse pleasure in making them cry. Now, Mr. Winky, I act only in your interest, Mr. Winky. And if we are to start telling tales out of school, there are a few things... Enough! Back to the affair at hand. You have the bird, Mr. Spud. I haven't said so. You have the bird, Mr. Spud. But I venture to suggest that you know not what it is that you possess. Have you any idea of the value of the object in question? Frankly, Mr. Winky, I do not. Well, Mr. Spud, this is an object of incredible worth. And if you are instrumental in its recovery, I shall not be stinting in my reward. Of that, I can assure you. Generalities, Mr. Winky. 
Let's get down to specifics. Of course, Mr. Spud. The facts themselves are incredible, but indisputably true. I shall relate them. But, Mr. Winky... Shut up, Porgy. There's enough to go around. No need to be greedy. Mr. Spud, are you familiar with the legend of Goosey Goosey Gander? It's a kid's nursery rhyme. <laughs> a nursery rhyme, indeed. It is much more than that. Let me relate it to you. Goosey Goosey Gander, whither shall I wander? Upstairs and downstairs and in my lady's chamber. There I met an old man who would not say his prayers. I took him by the left leg, the left leg, sir, and threw him down the stairs. Well, what do you think, Mr. Spud? I think I'll go to lunch now. <laughs> Understandable. You have listened, but you have not comprehended. Now I will tell you the story of that ancient rhyme. There was an emperor, Mr. Spud, in the seventh century called Carlus Magnus. His realm was what we know as all of Europe. We know him later today as Charlemagne. The name perhaps rings a faint bell? Charlemagne? Sure, I've heard of him. Sarcasm, you have heard of him. The ruler of perhaps the greatest empire the world has ever seen. Well, at any rate, Carlus Magnus had a mother, Mr. Spud. That much is indisputable. And his mother, perhaps because of her profession, this is unclear, was known as Bertha the Goose Girl. <laughs> this is historical fact. Because of this, Carlos was called Carl the Goose by his close friends. Is that so? Yes, Mr. Spud, that is so. In honor of the annexation of Ruritania, the Grand Knights of the Order of the Maltese Goose, named in honor of Carlos's mother, presented the emperor with a small statuette, a minuscule little thing some three feet high and a foot and a half across. This tiny bird, Mr. Spud, was encrusted with gems more precious than those that Jack gave Jill, that Punch gave Judy, that Tweedledum presented to Tweedledee. But we won't discuss their relationship. It must have been some rocks. Yes, of course, Mr. Spud. In the year 1274, when the Mongols overran Ruritania, this precious goose disappears, leaving behind only a vague, mysterious poem to explain its whereabouts. I will not tell you of the years I worked to decipher that verse of how I traveled to Budapest to establish the identity of the old man. Of the time I spent living in a shoe, a shoe, Mr. Spud, to find out why he wouldn't say his prayers, the layers I had to penetrate to discover why it was the left leg. But finally, Mr. Spud, it all came together I almost had that fabulous goose in my grasp when it was snatched from me by a cruel twist of fate. Oh, I am sorry to hear that. Those cruel twists of fate are hard to take. Was that more sarcasm, Mr. Spud? I admire a man who isn't afraid to use sarcasm. A man who uses sarcasm can be depended upon to employ irony 
and wit, and perhaps even alliteration, simile, and onomatopoeia. Get on with it, Winky. The goose. We want the goose. Try to stay on one subject for more than 20 seconds. All right, Porchy. Well, Mr. Spud, as I said, I will pay well for the recovery of this little statuette. I don't have the uh, bird right now, gentlemen, but I may be able to get, a, get my hands on it. Give me a few hours and I'll get back to you. A few hours? How do, what will you, what, how do we know what you will do in a few hours? How can we trust you? You haven't got much choice, have you? You don't think I'm going to trust you two birds. <laughs> You're a forthright man, Mr. Spud. I admire a man who says what he thinks. A man who is forthright is an honest and direct man. A forthright man is a... Winky! <laughs> oh, sorry. We'll go now, Mr. Spud, but we'll be back. Let us say at six o'clock. Sure. Let us say that. <laughs> we pause. From the intense excitement of this thrilling tale to catch our breath, to recover our equilibrium, and to ponder the many advantages of Majestic Motor Oil. If your car could talk, it would ask for Majestic Motor Oil by name, and think of what it could tell your wife about those business trips. Better, it merely purrs. And it purrs for Majestic Motor Oil. And remember, Majestic Motor Oil, said backwards, is Loy Rotum Kitsijam. <laughs> well, what do you think so far? With the tempestuous blonde bombshell managed to keep her virtue intact, or will be the maniacal meanderings of... Wait a minute, I seem to have picked the wrong script. Ah, here we are. It's dinner time in Graustark. <laughs> you can almost smell the plates of steaming cabbage smothered in the Pequot oil of Grotchka. After the meal, the women will rise from the table in the ritual denunciation of the men. And the men in response will down shots of the fiery Yetz liqueur made from potato peelings and the droppings of yak. But we must leave this delightful scene and return once again to San Francisco, where several hours have now passed. Sam Spud is sitting with his feet up on the desk, staring out the window when there is a knock at the office door. Mr. Spud? Mr. Spud, are you there? In here, doll. Oh, oh, here you are. I got your message. Listen, I'm very sorry about your partner. I can't help feeling responsible. No need for that. He knew what he was getting into. He fell off that wall with both eyes open. I'm glad you feel that way, Mr. Spud. Sam. Yeah. Your friend Georgie Porgy was here earlier. Georgie? Porgy? What did... I, that, that is, did he say anything about... <clears throat> anything? He wants the bird. The bird? Ah, the bird. What bird is that, Sam? You are good. 
The fat man was here, too. We? Willy Winky? The pair of them here? What did they say? You're not going to sell me out, are you, Sam? You're the only man I can trust. I depend on you, Sam. Trust? Ha! That's a good one. You haven't told the truth since we met. Why, whatever do you mean? You have no sister, sister. And your name isn't Muffet. I checked it out. You're right. I lied. I shouldn't have, but... But I needed your help so desperately. I... I was afraid to tell you the truth. What is the truth? My name is Mary. Mary Q. Contrary. I see. And is that the truth? Yes, yes, I, I swear. Oh, you must believe me, Sam. Tell me about the bird. Uh, just a bauble, Sam. <laughs> a family heirloom. They offered me $5,000 for it, sweetheart. It must be quite a bauble. Oh, Sam, you don't trust me. And, and could you get your secretary to pick up the phone? You are going to sell me out. That's funny, that is, Mary Mary. What have you ever given me but fairy tales? If you want me to help you, you're going to have to tell me what's happening, no matter how screwy it sounds. All right, Sam. It's this way, Sam. The fat man hired me to get the goose for him. A fellow named Simon had it. Simple Simon, they called him. But he wasn't as simple as they thought. I tried silver bells, and I tried cockle shells, but he wouldn't fall for it. Then, I went all the way. Not. Yes. Little maids, all in a row. I guess some people will do anything for a goose. I admit it, Sam. I haven't been a good girl. The way I hear it, you've been very good. <laughs> I deserve that, Sam. Who has the goose now? Bo Peep. Bo Peep? Yes, a charming girl. She's a shepherdess. She promised to deliver it as soon as she found something she was looking for. And what about this Lloyd Thursday? Where does he fit in? The spoon. Hmm. He was working for Simple Simon, trying to get the statue back. I wanted to keep an eye on him. The spoon was a slippery character. I got it now. Quite a story, but I think you're telling me the truth. Who do you think killed him? Winky? Porgy? It's hard to say. You think one of them killed my partner, too? Oh, yes. Don't you, Sam? It doesn't much matter what I think. The police would sure like to pin this on someone. Come in. It's open. Mr. Spud, I am perhaps a trifle early. Hello, Porgy. Mary, Mary. Of course you'd be here. Keep away from me. I don't trust you. Bad things seem to happen when you're around. Just sit down, Porgy. Don't get your pudding and pie in an uproar. Where's your friend? Uh, Mr. Winky? He will be along directly. Come on in. Hello? Hello. Has anyone seen... Oh, there you are, Mary Mary. <laughs> Hello, Bo Peep. Did you find what you were looking for? Yes, thank you. I have your package for you. Frankly, I was getting tired of lugging it around. I'll just set it on the desk here. 
<laughs> well, I gotta run. Uh, thanks a lot, Bo. You've been a real help. Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, so this is what all the feeing and fying and foeing and fumming is about. Let's look at this thing. Yes, yes, get the wrappings off. It's been so long. Wait, 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 wait. You'll excuse my undue haste, but I did not wish to miss the uh, unveiling. Understandable, Winky. Sit down. We'll all watch. Ah, yes, thank you. Good day, Miss Contrary. I'll just settle into this chair. Uh, uh, is this the largest chair you have? No matter, no matter. Now, settle down, everyone. Let's not get excited. Go ahead, Mary Mary. All right, Sam, if you say so. Just, uh, there. Now, a little more light, but what? Say, is this some sort of joke? What is that thing supposed to be? It's a goose, of course. I admit it's not exactly representational. It's a sort of surrealist goose. <laughs> the way I see it, this brass piece here is the beak while the wooden sort of toilet seat cover, and then over there with well, the ostrich. Uh, if this is a joke, it is in very bad taste. Mr. Spud, I suspect that contrary girl is attempting to gull us. It looks like you're the goose, Mr. Winkie. Shut up, Georgie. <laughs> Miss Contrary, where is the real goose? But this is it. I, I mean, this is the package I took from Simple Simon. Ah, Simple Simon, indeed. He has taken us. I, for one, do not propose to be made a fool of. Goosey-goosey gander may wander, but I shall see that he is brought home. Are you with me, Georgie Porgy? Yes, yes. It has been so long. What's another hundred years? <laughs> and, and what of you two? Miss Contrary has shown herself to be quite resourceful in the past, even if she was gulled this once. And you, Spud, I could use a man like you. No, I don't think I'll come. I've had enough of this running around. I got a garden to tend. Mr. Spud? No thanks, Winky. I have plans for the next hundred years. A pity. Where is my hat? Oh, I was sitting on it. Well, it can be reblocked, I suppose. We must be off. First to Istanbul, then to Gotham. You think the three wise men? Perhaps, perhaps. Old Mother Hubbard, on the other hand. Oh, Sam, I was so frightened. Yeah, baby, I'm sure you were. Now, where'd my phone get to? Oh, here. Uh, Sam, what are you doing? Calling the police. The police? You got it, baby. Hello, headquarters? Give me Inspector Spratt. Hello, Jack, Sam. I'm at my office. Get over here right away, will you? I've got something for you. Right, I'll be here. Oh, Sam, what are you going to do? It's time for a little honesty, baby. 
Whatever do you mean? It was you, Mary Mary. You who poached my partner. He may have been cracked, but you're the one that scrambled him. How can you say that, Sam? No one else could have done it. He never would have gone onto that wall with Thursday. But with you, he'd follow you right up there, licking his lips and loosening his cravat. I thought it was a belt. And then you pushed him. He fell twice, you might say. You didn't kill Thursday. Some gunsel killed Thursday. But you pushed the egg off the wall. What are you going to do, Sam? I thought maybe you and I'd run off together. You don't want me to, to take the fall? No, nah, Humpty took the fall. I never much liked him anyway. <laughs> Sam, I got here as fast as I could. What have you got for me? I want you to be my best man, Jack. Mary Mary and I here are getting hitched. Say, that's great, Sam. Yeah. Well, let's go. We have just enough time to get to the judge at night court and tie the knot. Oh, Sam. Sam, you're a prince. Yeah, grab your coat. I'll be right behind you. Say, what's that thing on your desk? Oh, that? Just a goose? <laughs> We're running a bit late tonight, folks. We here at Majestic Motor Oil hope you've enjoyed tonight's performance. And remember, Loy Rotom Kitsejem. What more can I say? Good night, folks. Good night, America. And don't forget to buy war bonds. We're not at war yet, but you never can tell. Good night. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.